Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're celebrating the 35th anniversary of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Did you see that? Something different. It's no shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? They've been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you gonna do? Knock my block off? Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Maybe they're just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. Uh-oh. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy. This is one of my favorite films. Yes, I know. You're very fond of this. We have numerous killer clown puppets and things around. (laughs) Including that that poor glass that didn't survive the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. The glass from Halloween Horror Nights. I was devastated. Um, this film came out in 1988 and it's part of a series that we're going to be um, doing for the next couple of months, which is the aliens of 88. Yep. we got uh, this and then some others coming along. I think the next one up that we'll do, and it'll probably be phantasm too. Um, we will be releasing, well, actually the film initially came out May 27th. So we are very close to its anniversary date. Yep. Down to the 35th uh, year and day. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those films for me that I know it's not the best film ever, but there's nostalgia behind it for me. And there's nothing like it. I think a lot of this film is why I had like a fear of clowns for (laughs) a bit. Um, because these clowns, these aliens, let's correct that. Because I always, I always had, are they aliens 
that are taking the form of a clown or are they part of some crazy alien race where the, the it, they, they are clowns? They just happen to look like clowns. Yeah, they just happen to be clowns. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was kind of wondering. I thought there would be a scene at the end of it when I first saw it where you would see like their true form and they'd be the little gray aliens or they'd be something else, but they never really did that. I feel like that would have been a good, you know, if nothing else, another way to sell product when they pull their clown stuff off at the end or like the little gray alien or some kind under there. Or some kind of freaky alien would have been fun. Either way, it's terrifying. Um, this was directed by uh, Stephen uh, Chiodo. It's actually a film that was there all his brothers it's a brothers it's a brothers film there's yep. a lot of there's a lot of brothers films yeah, out there this is definitely a, a family uh project it is a family project the screenplay was written by um edward uh stephen and charles chiodo they're from my home state new york city um new york <laughs> not new york city um new york and new york city and <clears throat> you know they went off, I mean, they've done a lot of things with stop motion, um, puppetry, uh, they did effects for Critters, um, Ernest Scared Stupid, um, you know, uh, they also, the Chiodo Brothers also created the uh, claymation sequence um, for Large Marge in the Pee-wee's uh, <laughs> Big, uh, which... So many people love that scene. Tell them Large Marge sent you. <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And actually the stop motion elements in the North Pole scenes from Elf. Huh. So they've gone off to do, you know, a lot of cool stuff like that. And they haven't really headlined their own movies since then. But they've done a lot of effects work and helped out in a lot of other different movies. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they've been... Every so often, they're like, yeah, we're going to go come out with a Killer Clowns too." They're just saying that just to appease the peoples. They're it's not really going to come out. Where it's going to be like uh, <clears throat> the Bruce Campbell where people are constantly asking, like, when is the next Evil Dead movie coming out? And he's like, yeah, you know, sometime. And then eventually it came out and everyone was so surprised that they didn't even notice the Evil Dead series hardly because everybody kind of gave up on it. By the time they finally put out another Killer Clowns from outer space, it'll be so long, people won't care, I'm afraid. Yeah, and it'll be one of those things where, like, all the clowns are fucking CGI'd. Let's okay. hope not. I hope not. I mean, it, it would so I feel like that was suck. a big appeal to this movie still to this day, is that all the, uh, even though some of the effects look kind of, uh, you know, they don't look as good now by today's standards on things, I feel like people still like it just because it is that weird kind of uh, odd effect on a lot of it that you're like, oh, I see how they did that, that was this, and oh, I know how they did that, and... You know, it was a great example of you know, people's ingenuity back before they had all this stuff that you could just sit down on a computer and just hit a couple of keys and it would do it for you. Yeah, they definitely had to be very creative and find ways around things. Like the whole scene when they're in the spaceship, you know, it's all paintings and a yeah, mix it, of matte painting murals. and. Yeah, it also very much looks like a black stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just what it is, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, they're towards, towards the end there, yeah. And when just in that weird room, and the weird rooms, it's like, oh, it's just a very black area in the ship that looks suspiciously like a soundstage that was empty. <laughs> they're like, just make the black floor really shiny, and let's just put some, you know... That'll show you that it's aliens. Random weird stuff here and there, and then boom, you have the interior of an alien ship. There's a couple of people in this movie that make some appearances that I wanted to mention that I... Uh, first of all, playing the sheriff in there, you've got the great John Vernon. Who played in everything throughout the 70s and 80s. That man was in multiple Clint Eastwood movies. He played the mayor in Dirty Harry. 
He played the guy who tried to track him down in the outlaw Josie Wales. He was, of course, the dean in Animal House. He's been in everything, and he always plays the, excuse me, the gruff, angry guy that's always trying to, you know, those darn kids or whoever is trying to get him, or Dirty Harry won't listen to him. He's always that guy in all the movies, but he's great. He has a voice that when you hear it, you just instantly know it's him. Even with that, if you don't see him, you know, oh, hell, that's John Vernon. And you also have a small role early in his career, uh, Christopher Titus, who went on to be, he had his own show on Fox for a few seasons, and he's done a lot of stand-up stuff that's uh, been pretty popular, but this was a very early uh, appearance from him that uh, he's still a little bit embarrassed about because of why I actually heard him talk about it one time, and he's a little embarrassed because he kind of messed up and didn't do very well on this. Not that you would know it from watching it, but he still has those bad feelings about it. Yeah, it's one of those where, like, he's not proud of his performance. It's fine in the movie, but, you know, he knows behind the scene things that went on that made him kind of feel like, ah, I probably shouldn't be claiming this as my uh, proudest moment. Um, then we have the, I want to say the two main, but the main characters, which would be Mike and Deb, um, those character names, uh, being played by, <clears throat> so excuse me, being played by uh, Grant Kramer and Susan Snyder. Uh, Susan Snyder uh, was in Return of the Living Dead. She was in Weird Science um, and a plethora of movies. Um, and you know what? Oh, so yeah, she was a girl in Night of the Living Dead at the very end that makes it to the. I think she makes it to the very end in the uh, attic before the bomb drops. Yeah, and then um, my, um, so sorry, Kramer. He was in Hard Bodies. Um, he was in. He was in another movie we covered, which is New Year's Evil. Oh God, that movie! And um, he was in that Willie's uh, Wonderland with Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that, but I need to watch that sometime. He was in that as well. So they went on. You know, they done some. They done some things. Um, you know, it's so wild because the synopsis of this film says like local teenagers. Yeah, and I'm like, I never took them to be teenagers. I always took them to be in their like early twenties. Yeah, maybe college students, but they are definitely not. See, teenagers. maybe college students, and technically, yes, you could be nineteen and be a college student, right? Yeah, but since it's one of those things where the people, the the actors in the film are playing a role that's way younger than them but they look way old because people back then just look older than they do now. You and know? plus, too, you always had these people that were like 25 to 30 years old playing teenagers for a large part of these movies. It's like, I, I never understood, were there no younger actors you could find to play these parts? But even when 90210 started up, those people were all in their mid-20s to, you know, like some of them, I think, were 29 when they're supposed to be playing 17. That was Gabrielle. Yeah, come on, guys. Like I said, there's got to be some teen actors out there somewhere. I don't know, dude, but yes, uh, Grant Kramer and Susan Snyder, they were 27 and 26 when they were in this film. To be honest, the first few times I watched this, I never even thought about them being in school or any kind of like teenagers. I just thought this was a small town and there was nothing much to do but go up to the makeout point like they did in the 50s. Because that's kind of what I thought this was supposed to be. It was like an homage to the 50s kind of monster movies. So I just thought they were doing that much like Night of the Creeps did. Where they're like, oh, it's the 50s, we're going to the make-out point, and then bad things are going to happen. Yeah. That's what I took from this, is it's like, ah, eh, we're in a small town, and we're just going to go to make-out point, because there's nothing to do in this town except to go up to the point and have sex. Yeah, well, 
like in most films, the people that did have sex, they ended up dying. So that's what it goes. <laughs> makeout point became not makeout point anymore. It became just a freaking it graveyard. It became a death point. Graveyard death point. Ooh. Everybody went there. They did not come back. <clears throat> Movie. Um, you have, you know, you always have to have the kooky characters, the friends, the guy, the lead guy always has to have like kooky friends that, you know, are doing yep. their, they have, they're do, they have shenan- they do shenanigans, you know, they're just full of it. And that falls into a lot of the movies that we're going to cover for this because, and weirdly enough, Phantasm 2, which is also an Aliens of 88 movie, uh, also has a guy that worked for, an, uh, has a, yeah, that had an ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. You got Reggie driving the ice cream truck. He was the wacky friend in that, although he kind of changed as it went on. And then in the blob, you've got the wacky friend in that one that has the whole, you know, the blender in the car and everything, and his bag full of class rings he's given to the girls and all this. So yeah, the, especially this year, they seemed like it was a great year to be the wacky friend. Not for nothing, but that wacky friend was a rapist. He, he was, but I was going to get into that more when we got to the blob. <laughs> I didn't. I don't want. I don't want to put him in the category of wacky friend when he was out there like drugging he, and raping girls. He was wacky friend up until the point that he got the roofies out, and then he became wacky friend rapist. Yeah, we, well, well, yeah, we'll definitely cover it because I have a whole thing. I have a whole thing for that. Another film that I really love. Yeah, I really love that film. But back to this film. So, you know, I don't know what the whole concept like what the thought process of like yeah let's make these like oversized cakey i think i think what they decided to do well obvious it's obvious for me and and when i say it you're gonna be like yeah of course obviously that's the direction they were like you know you ever seen a clown and (laughs) this is like this is a conversation that Childer brothers had uh you know you ever seen a clown you know it has that white face has a big nose you know the the smile like is off putting. You know, let's do that, but like times ten, because that's exactly what the clowns are. They're grotesque features. It's like over exaggerated clown features, down to the texture of the skin looks like real dry and cakey. Like they've been wearing the makeup for like a hundred years and it's seeped into the creases of their skin. It's real creepy. Like even today for me, looking at them, I'm like, hell no. I'm going to tell you right now. Dirty too. Like a little unclean. Like they've, they have definitely not had a shower for the 500 years it took them to get to earth. No, they're definitely not showering. No, it took them like five minutes to get to earth. What is this? Aliens versus predator? Jesus Christ. No, I'm thinking it took a little longer than that. Anywho. So... You know, here you got a knock at the door, and here you have these fucking aliens with a fucking pizza. I'm not like, yeah, I'm excited to see you guys. First of all, did I order the pizza? We don't, we never know. And two, uh, there's three crazy ass looking clowns. I they could have been holding the fucking Ed McMahon fucking check, you know. And I still would have. <laughs> first of all, does no one in this movie have a peephole that they look out to see what the hell's going on? It's a small town. No one has a peephole. They probably didn't even lock the door. No, they didn't. Fucking Mayberry. No one's locking the door. Everyone's like, hey, what's up? Then you have the young cop who just came out of the freaking academy, you know, against the older cop who's like, yeah, I've, I've seen some shit in this town, which is crazy because he never saw any shit. There was no murders. Nothing ever bad happened in this town. No, what bad happened in this town was this old man just hated everybody. He hated because that's John Vernon's shtick. He hates everybody, especially kids. Anybody under the age of thirty-five is a kid to John Vernon. 
and he hates them all, and they should all be locked up forever. Any shenanigans that they do, oh, you drove down the street, rolled your window down too fast, that's a jail. So yeah, that was John Vernon in this movie. He's just like the extreme example of the grumpy old man. Yeah, which, even though this movie did not come in 88, but yeah, we have the same thing in, like, Gremlins with the old lady with the that owned oh, yeah. the whole fucking town. She hated the whole fucking town. She owned the whole town. But she just hated everybody. She was not pleasant at all. Um, I don't know. I You know, you gotta go through that whole, like, all, every character is the, you know, filling in that stereotypical character for its time you know and then you you come up with a kooky kooky cast now the beginning of the film everyone is in make out point and a lot of people there by the way and does no one space their cars out like why are they all parked so close to each other that you can just reach out and touch the other car just when you're done do you just sit and watch the other people is that how that works because the children brothers couldn't get a permit for more more space so they could only film in that one little law right there that was it um and, and back in the day, you weren't care. Everyone's feet were out the window. No one, no, everyone's busy doing their thing. No one's paying attention to how close. As long as the feet weren't knocking the other people's feet and the next car, everything was cool. I guess. Um, there's, you know, they see a comet. Like, they see something crash. And just like in the blob, and, you know, of course, you got to go investigating. He goes the old, kooky, crazy man to go investigate with his dog, who's called, whose name is Pooh Bear. Um, they have to go investigate what's going on. While that is going on, you have all the kids making out, you know, in the point. And the two main characters, Deb and Mike, they also notice it because they happen to be, you know, the ones that are not fully into it. You know, everyone houses is way deep and, you know, they're, the, the, the necking are, is deep. They're very fogged up on those car windows. So they go freaking see, you know, oh, yeah, let's go. That's cool. Let's go see that. And I'm, I'm like, right there, I'm like, no, bro. Like, don't go investigating. Investigating leads you to become, you a know, victim. a victim. Correct. Totally. And <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this. If I happen to be investigating and I come across a very large uh, tent circus tent. circus tent in the middle of nowhere like there's nothing but fucking like sequoia trees everywhere I'm telling you right fucking now I'm not gonna be like gee golly whiz let's go investigate inside that tent I'm literally running the other way and I not even getting underneath my covers, I'm not gonna fucking feel safe. If I could, if I knew how to drive, I would get in the car and go to like four towns over and be back in like two weeks because I'm not fucking coming back. Yeah, nothing good's gonna happen when you see this thing. And like in anything, like you grew up in it, if it wasn't there before, don't go investigating it now because nothing good is gonna come from what happens. We learned that in the blob too. Don't touch things, don't even poke them with a stick because it still won't end well for you. The Kooky Friends, which are Rich and Palmer, the Terenzi brothers, they have a ice cream truck called uh, JoJo's uh, Ice Cream. And, and man, are they desperate to get laid. They are so desperate to get laid, you know, but I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to go through the makeout point and then literally on their little speaker blast out like a tasty treat while you screw like and then their little like spiel that they have going on. And I'm like, that's not a... That's not a good thing. But then they thought they were going to get somewhere because 
they had actually had two girls that were like in the back of the truck. Who yeah, later were, on they show up and you see a little bit uh, girls that are the stereotypical. Oh, I'm a chubby girl and I'm into ice cream, so I'm going to hang out in the ice cream truck. And they're like, "Hey, while you're back there with those ice cream cones, we got some other things." And they're like, "Yeah, we're here for the ice cream, not for you." I'm. I don't even know how to respond to that description of the women, but yes, that did happen. Um, they were eating rocket, uh, rocket and popsicles. And just that whole thing insinuating the phallicness of it all is just, yeah. uh, it's just it like, wow, so. it was not. Um, this is one of those films, uh, I will be alert, alert, where there might be some triggers for some people. Of course, it's the 80s, so there's a little bit of homophobia going around um you know that kind of crap in the in the film so if you know that's something that you're don't watch the film because you will become upset um it was a sign of the times doesn't make it right but the the older cop yeah um, john vernon john vernon he he has a he has a moment where he's saying like horrific stuff but obviously he was Man, if they were if if they were supposed to be teenagers in the film, this man was probably like thirty five in the film, even though he looked like he was sixty five. Yeah, he was probably yeah he's in his he's in his early forties, but he just happens <laughs> to look like he's sixty five because the teenagers all look like they're forty. So you know, um, Debbie's um, woman's intuition. She knew that shit wasn't right because when she went to look at the tent with Mike, she's like, "No, we should get out of here." Mike is like, "No." The the what's funny is I feel like the stereotypical like bullshit that they put on the women that the women are always the ones to be like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go. This looks cool. Let's go do this." The guy's actually doing it in the movie, and she's the one that's like, "No, bro, we gotta leave. Like, this is not right." Um. What is your favorite part? Because I could talk about every single aspect of this film um, because, you know, it is a fave. What do you remember seeing this film? When did you see this film? I saw it when it came out on HBO shortly after, whenever it was released there, because uh, I was living in Joplin at the time and we didn't get it. This movie didn't get a very wide release anyhow, and it certainly wasn't going to show up in Joplin. So I saw it when it showed up. Yeah, I saw it when it showed up on HBO. Okay. And I liked it. It's... um, you know, it's very unique. There's not a lot of things like it. And it, it stands out in your memory because, like you said, the clowns are so creepy and weird. And then the effects are kooky. And the stereotypical stereotypical characters. And it is very much like a 50s kind of thing that, you know, with a few little tweaks, you could put this in black and white and pass it off as a 50s movie, you know? I agree. And uh, for me, I just always enjoyed all the little interactions with the clowns where the people are like... It's funny because if that thing walked up to you in real life, there's no way you wouldn't be running the other direction. But these people all just have seemingly normal interactions with this shit like it happens every day. So I wonder if this is one of those towns like Sunnydale or, you know, wherever the fuck it was that Jessica Fletcher lived in uh, Murder, She Wrote, where shit just happens like this all the time and people are just like, oh, giant clowns walking around? Yeah, that's fine. We had zebras that were riding horses last week trying to kill us. It's fine. This is not the weirdest shit we've seen in this town. I think, and that goes back to if the aliens were, like, they were, like, um, they had an identity as a clown. Like, they created this identity as a clown because they knew that it wouldn't be alarming and more welcoming by the humans. Um, Because, you know, you see a clown, 
like a lot of the people like you know it's it's a nostalgia thing like oh clowns i grew up like going to the circus with my parents i love clowns you know or yeah. a kid obviously would be attracted to a clown there's not a lot of people that would be running the opposite way from a clown i mean i feel like if they're knocking on your door that's a little weird but overall they're pretty welcoming a lot of the stuff they do is in public with the exception when they start knocking at people's doors because they're trying to you know, enslave the whole town to bring it back to the ship to, you know, have a... Literally, Earth was like a little layover. The town was a layover, and they were picking up snacks. Yeah, because they're also, in addition to being, you know, evil clowns and aliens, uh, apparently they're also vampires because they're literally drinking all the people after they put them in cotton candy. Yeah, and no one stores cotton candy like that, okay? No. No one. I just want to throw that out there, guys. I don't know if you have ever seen cotton candy, but it's just not randomly hanging on a hook. Yeah, somewhere. So they put them in the cotton candy cocoons, then drank them in a crazy straw later on. And it's like, ah, okay, so yeah, there's a lot going on in here. You know, maybe they're related to the aliens from Life Force. The Life Force aliens were also vampires that were on a comet. They were near Haley's Comet. Mm. So maybe they're related to the Life Force vampires. They're just like a little bit, they learned their lesson and were like, oh, okay. When we came down and were like bat-winged creatures or naked women walking around in the streets... People caught on to us a little faster. So this time we're going to go for Killer Clowns. The name of the town is Crescent Cove. Mm. So right there I feel like that's the name of a town where like some weird shit's going to happen. Yeah, that sounds Sunnydale or uh, Cabot Cove was where uh, Jessica Fletcher was from. Oh. All the murders happened. So yeah. Anytime there's a cove in there, it's always going to be a murder town or some crazy shit's happened. That Yeah, I agree with you. Isn't there... I think that... um. That series that we really liked, I can't remember the name of it now, but that was like Cove, something Cove. Um, uh, Harper's Island? No, not Harper's Island. The one with the, 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 the kid that was like covered in teeth. Oh, yeah. The, uh, oh God, what was the name of that show? I freaking, Channel Zero. Channel Zero. Yeah, and that was that first season. Yeah, there was Candle like, Cove. I think Candle it was Cove, Candle yeah. Cove. Candle Cove, yeah. So Cove just equals, uh, there's weird shit happening there. <laughs> Don't go to the cove. Never go to the cove. It's not going to end well for anybody there. If you live in the cove, put your house up for sale immediately. Take whatever the first offer is. Um, the Vernon um, guy, he says to the young cop, um, you, you can't make a dummy. Uh, you can make a dummy out of yourself, but you ain't going to make a dummy out of me. And well, man, well. The foreshadowing there. That later comes to buy. It comes back to bite him in the ass. He gets uh, literally. We're, we're gonna call this the. Uh, he gets the dead silence treatment, where he gets turned into a uh, living ventriloquist dummy. So yeah, so that's a theme that's going on in a few movies we've covered this year. Yeah. Now that the clown, which has those like large, oversized clown hands, like with the white gloves, was that way up in his booty hole, or was that like in his back? Because oh, we don't I- really. I'm thinking it was probably in his back because the it's just easier to just put your hand in his back and control him than it was to put it up his butt. So oh, I'm gonna yeah, go out right. the I'm gonna go out there. Besides his name was I don't remember what his name in the movie was, but his name wasn't Howard Hand Up Me. So he's definitely just being controlled from the back. Now the clowns have a weakness and the weakness is if you pop their nose, they explode. Yeah, I love how that was their weak spot. I it was like the most like the, the largest thing that they had on their they had on their face that's the thing that's going to be yeah, the most that's, vulnerable that's their Achilles heel is their giant clown nose the kills in the film are f- fucking creative and uh, fantastical i love 
every kill of the film. They're all tied to shit that clowns would do. I I would have loved to like be sitting around and coming up with crazy fuck ideas of how you know my clown characters were gonna be going around like murdering people in the town, um, because down to like the popcorn not being safe, yeah. you know. And there are a shit ton of clowns in this film. There are clowns... At the end of the film, there's like a clown parade. And that's when they literally have taken all the inventory of everyone in the town. And they're just bringing... Dragging all their con candy and bringing all the people and the fucking crazy. Down to like the big oversized like crazy balloons that you see that are like have the rice in them. Or, you know, those circus... The, the big balloons they sell at the circus that are like on a stick... They even have someone trapped. They had Debbie actually trapped in there. So, I mean, the thought, the all the details are just spot on. But there's a crap ton of clowns in that scene. Clowns that you don't see. There, There's main clowns and then there's group clowns. I feel like they And there's like probably, side clowns. They probably had about eight or nine like main suits that they used. Then the rest of them were like not quite as well developed. <clears> That's what you don't see them as much. It's like in the Planet of the Apes movies. They had like maybe two dozen like super sophisticated ape makeups that they used. Then the rest of them in the background were just you wearing regular ape masks where you didn't look at them that close. I feel like that's what they were doing there. There's a lot of main clowns, to be honest. Um, but you have uh, Jumbo. I'm going to name all the damn clowns now. All right, let's this hear the, it. This is the part. Dun-dum, dun-dum, dun-dum. I need all the clowns. Jumbo, Fatso shorty and let me tell you some of these some of these (laughs) names are down to the description shorty he was the short one fatty fatso guess guess what he was he wasn't skinny um rudy a spiky slim uh bibbo chubby uh magori talls um what talls was was he the tall one he wasn't there was there was a fucking clown called Frank, okay? There was a it's like we go from Talls to like Frank. Uh Boko. Um then there's the female killer clowns, which are Rosebud and Daisy. Um then there's baby killer clowns, which are the ones the newborns that grow out of the popcorn. And they they were planted by Jumbo. So uh, Jimbo He's the dad, I guess. Uh, Clownzilla, which is also known as Jojo, which coincidentally is the name of the ice cream uh, truck. Uh, Baldo, uh, popcorn. Um, he's the one that's carrying the popcorn bazooka. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a ton of clowns. I, I feel like out of all of them, I people love, people really love Shorty. Um... And I would say probably um, Jumbo is the one that takes out um, Mooney, which is the Vernon character. Yeah. Um, And you do see him a lot. But, yeah, and they all have different characteristics, like facial characteristics. The scene of the film that gets me is when they're at the Big Top Burger and... The clowns outside, 
Coincidentally, there just happened to be a big top burger in this town. And was that a real burger place? No, I'm just saying. Oh, okay, okay. No, I didn't know. I didn't know if that was like a real burger it's place. It's like you go to Sunnydale and there's a vampire shop, you know? No, no. I I, I get it. I'm just saying I didn't I know if that was like a real place. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Big top burger. I get it. Wink, wink. Um, so he's out there in like the outside area, eating area, and there's a little girl and she's, you know, with the parent and the parent's friends and they're all eating and he gets her attention and she starts, he starts like waving her over and she starts going and just as she opens the door to leave, finally her mom like grabs her and is like, you know, what are you doing? Come back inside and brings her inside. That part gave me so much anxiety. So I was like, oh gosh, he's going to kill the kid. No. Cause you know, obviously he's not, they're not going to go, you know, play patty cake. He's, and I'm like, for him, I mean, that's not even an appetizer. Like, that's a little baby snack. Well, everybody likes a chicken McNugget. <laughs> Get the little McNugget in there and then you move on to the entree later. <clears throat> I can't. I do feel that the end of the film is kind of, I don't want to say anticlimactic because they do have like the... Fucking seven foot, like Godzilla, like. Well, it's Clownzilla. Clownzilla, yeah, Clownzilla, obviously. Yeah, the Clownzilla theme apparently was originally composed for the Jason Lives movie the year before, and they didn't like it, so they just so you know the composer just reused it for this. You get a lot of these guys just keep something in their bag like that. They're like, oh, they don't want it for their movie. Fuck them guys. I'll find somebody else that does. I would have never guessed that in like. Ever. Well, Jason Lives is the wacky one where he's the first zombie Jason. It's the Jason that starts off with the opening like James Bond. It's the, you know, the one where he's got, you see the American Express card get stabbed and all that kind of shit. It was the first really kooky one of the series. So I guess the guy thought, oh, well, let's do some, you know, kind of different music for it. The Jason people were not about it. They were like, nope, we have our, we know what we want. We know what our fans are about. They were not about the music. Nope. Yeah, so that whole last act, I'm like, eh. I think the coolest thing that happens um, is the security guard. Oh, because they end up at a fucking amusement park. Yeah. Um, Which, weirdly, when you're looking at the people leaving the town, there's a stretch of road at the end of the road. And, like, there's, like, a body of water to, like, the right of the end of the road. You see this amusement town, use this amusement park. So it's like, okay, so this is like a town that literally is close, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes away to this like round. It looked like it was like on an island kind of thing, this amusement park, which is super fucking cool. I'm like, I, I want to go there. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so they end up there because they end up at the abandoned, like, whatever the fuck. There's security guard there, and the security guard gets uh, turned into, like, a whoopie pie. Yeah, they, like, throw the pies at him until he just melts into goo. Yeah, but then, oh, I'm sorry, they turn him into, like, a sundae, because they put, like, a a big-ass cherry on the top. Yeah, they just leave it and let him go. And it's, like, steamy. It's whoopie fucking pie. gross. Where did you come up with that? I don't, because it was... <laughs> Excuse me, because they were throwing all the pies at him, and I was in my mind. I heard whoopee, whoopee. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Apparently, they had wanted to have a cameo in that from a, a comedian named Subi Sales, who was famous for getting uh, pies thrown in his face. Mm. They wanted him to do it, but then they realized. Apparently, the producers said, 
Does anybody even know who the hell that is? Wasn't that from the 1950s? And they were like, yeah, that's the point. But no, they didn't get him because, yeah, I don't think he would have got it at that point. I definitely no one would know who the hell it was now. No, a tie to the 50s. Something was happening in the 80s. I don't know. I, I It's nostalgia. That's what was happening. Just like everybody now is all about the 80s and the... 50s they or i'm sorry in the 80s they were all about the 50s yeah because it, at that time you know all these directors and people coming up it's like all the stuff that they loved you know a that lot is of them now. were born at that time and they have vague memories of it and it's like oh well let's just go back and live in that time again it was great wasn't it no it wasn't yeah like samurai me and the fucking three stooges you know all that stuff everyone has like their like thing that they like that they want to have in their movies so that was the whole thing for the Toyota brothers. That was their moment. And the whole movie as a whole, like it does, you could, I actually would like to see this film in black and white. I feel like that would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, for me, at least. Um, it's like we were talking about the end. I feel like it may have been, I don't know for sure, but I feel like this might have been one of those situations where they got near the end of the movie and ran out of money. I was going to say they ran out of money. <laughs> and we're like, this is where we're going to have to cut this down and do this because... We're down to the last $12, guys, and we need to just wrap this up. Because I've seen other movies where you, it's very obvious that they ran out of money at some point. And we're like, oh, here we go. And you're, this is, if you're the person that needs an ex, like, your next explanation of how, like, well, obviously you see how because they crashed, but why they crashed, why they landed, where they're going, wh- why they there. Like, you're not going to get any... Any of no, that. There's no explanation of any of it. We just know they're killer clowns from outer space, and then they left or got blown up. Even if this is one of those films, uh, you pointed out, this is one of those films that say the name of the film in the film. Yeah. So, um, it, it Moonies is like, it's what, well, killer clowns from outer space? And it's like, yes, this is exa- that's exactly what it is. Yep. There's got to be a YouTube compilation of that where they all say the name of the movie in the, in the movie. I know they always make fun of that on... Uh, it's either Simpsons or Family Guy with clear and present danger where they said that. He's like, hey, he said the name of the movie. I'm sure there is. There has to be because people spend their time doing... Crazy things? Very crazy things. So I'm sure that's totally a thing. Um, <clears throat> the ending of the film, you know, I, I think everyone was supposed to die, right? Like majority of the people, yeah, like the characters. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be the two main characters, uh, the two <laughs> teenagers. That make it out. I think the Tanzini brothers or whatever the name was. Terenzini. Terenzi yeah. brothers, yeah. And then the other deputy sheriff was supposed to die, but everybody decided we should have a mega happy ending. The producers did, so they made sure everybody lived. Which made no sense, because you saw the you know the brothers get blown up in their van. They were like, we hopped in the ice cream freezer. Which I guess, you know, may have inspired Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Or it, um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull later. Yeah, and he was totally fine. Yeah, because you can survive that kind of thing just by hiding in a freezer. Yeah, but that's because they used to make good things, make things well back in the fifties. So they yeah, got just like Vin Diesel can lift a car with one hand now. So apparently, you can survive nuclear explosions. And totally different. Totally different. Totally different. Nope. Yep. Totally different. Obviously, we have two movies where the people survived after being blown up and they hid in those refrigerators. Those old timey refrigerators. You, you hide in a refrigerator now? Forget about it. We didn't Blown see to bits. the refrigerator. We don't know what it looked like. So it was say. okay. First, it was 1988, and we and they were in a small so town. Old timey refrigerator. They got the we old timey like that. It, it's so old. It was called an ice box. No, they didn't have that. They and once again, no one survives a nuclear explosion. You don't in know the that. Have you? Have you? Have you? 
ever been in a nuclear explosion hiding in the refrigerator? Do you know anyone that ever did? attacked by a killer clown either, but I know you don't survive these things, according to the movie. (laughs) Damn, I hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So... Everyone survives, and well, no. Let me let me go back. Not everyone survives because this is the thing that I think people forget after they watch the movie because they're like, "Yay, the characters are alive, and the killer clowns were, you know, they were taken out." But yet, all the people in Cotton Candy, they did. All the people that got like the definitely uh, Boston Cream guy, he's yeah. dead. There's there's a lot of people that are, the town went from population of like. 400 to like maybe 250 no (laughs) there's not a lot of people left at the end of it actually i think the only people left at the end of it are the terenzi brothers deb mike and the the, sheriff uh, uh, officer dave who is now the sheriff by default he is now the sheriff by default that's it everyone else is dead everyone else is dead i love just like in the monster squad how they call in like for help the state they call police? the SWAT the SWAT team, and he calls the state police. Yeah, you're like, oh, here comes the state police. That, that was always a thing in Halloween Four. It was like, oh, call the state police. They're gonna come and rescue us. Yeah, they never seem to get there in time, do they? They don't. They take fucking forever. And it's like all they have when they by the time they get there, everyone dead. All they gotta do is the cleanup, and they gotta do the cleanup. That's literally what the state police is for. They're just they're just just redo their thing and call the state cleanup police. Yep, because that's all that's left for them to do. Well, this has been fun. Do you have a favorite scene from the film? Um, not really. Uh, it's I enjoy all of it, really, the different parts of the clowns and all that. I don't know if I have a specific favorite one that they did, but I, I enjoy the film. I would give it a, I'd give it a three and a half stars, or three and a half knives. You, you've got me doing this now. All these years, you were always messing it up. Now you've got me doing it. I give it three whoopie pies. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> But then also going back to the film where they were like all doing whoopee in the car. Wink. Uh, I see what you did See, then. see, see. Pies. Okay, never mind. I'm, I'm taking it too far now. I'm taking it too far. Thank you so much for joining us in our first movie of the Aliens of 88. You heard it here first. Actually, this is going to be a good trivia moment. Okay. Uh, I feel like maybe we should be one of those like, hey, we're going to do like a, a giveaway kind of thing. Oh, um, I've got that coming up for Phantasm. Oh, you do? I was going to say we should do a giveaway, but not really a giveaway, but a giveaway wink, um, where we tell you a little tidbit. The tidbit is this is actually the second, and we've probably, I'm sure we've mentioned this in other in another podcast. This is the second time we're covering this film. This film actually might be cursed. <laughs> the well, podcast, we, we not the a, film, the podcast. A, we did a whole episode about all the Aliens of 88 where we talked about all of them. And that episode got lost on another podcast uh, server that we were using and also got lost uh, on a computer that backed up improperly and failed. So yeah, this time, this one's going to make it. Don't put that... Don't put that out there. I'm not putting it out there, but I think it's a cool, like, trivia for us because, you know, it's like, oh, we did it already, you know, because, and then all this crazy crap happened and now we're putting it out again. You know, I really love, I wish I would, it's a lost episode, lost, 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 lost episode of Jump Scare 
the horror podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't. I'm just like full of laughter right now. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode and stay tuned to the horror. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. You see that? Something different. Star shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? They've been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you going to do? Knock my block off? Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy.